Welcome to the Gaming News Wrap-Up, where we cover last week's news, but also information on this week's games, content that's coming up, as well as roll it into the Friday podcast or videos that you'll see arrive this week. Video game news, roundup reviews, previews, and what games you're going to lose. Guardians of the Galaxy. Previews hit, and they were surprisingly positive around this third-person action team-based game. Now, remembering that preview events do have a number of caveats for reporting issues, as I've described in the past Y series of videos about industry practices. One theme that has resonated through all the previews, though, is that the game plays a good deal better than the Avengers ever was or currently has any right to be. Now, Guardians of the Galaxy is a third-person single-player title that seems much closer to that AAA blockbuster superhero game that fans have been wanting. Each of the team has a specific trait and a role, almost like an MMO, but with a larger repertoire of skills and utility, as well as, of course, level-ups and abilities. Eidos Montreal isn't an instant guess when deciding who to send the Guardians of the Galaxy IP to for a blockbuster game. Their past titles include the well-reviewed Shadow of the Tomb Raider, as well as Deus Ex Mankind Divided and Thief 2014, none of which went on to solidify the developer as a concrete example of a sure thing, even though I personally like the Deus Ex games. But Square Enix has laid it all on the shoulders of these directors, while the game looks to possibly alleviate the myriad issues that Avengers seemed to Thanos snap good times out of its gameplay with. The one repeated bit that I have heard from multiple people is that the game is a bit of a chatterbox. This makes sense as the Guardian's characters are not called Silence and Forethought and Patience. One dude's nickname, of course, has Rocket in the title. But it remains to be seen if it's going to feel like a better Avengers mixed with Tales of Arise vocally machine gun party members, or if it's going to fall to the wayside. Puzzles and storytelling, investigative elements are all within the game, and they play out across the titles, battle system, and play planet-hopping storyline that has you switching out different characters as you go through it and actually engaging with the story and changing it. Let's hope it doesn't hop onto a planet that made Avengers, because no one actually deserves that. Perfect Dark. So Crystal Dynamics and The Initiative, they've joined forces to work on Perfect Dark. This is a surprise announcement to pretty much everybody, probably not them, but last week, Crystal Dynamics and The Initiative ended up proving that the partnership was real. Both teams stated that working together on the new Perfect Dark is going to help this game see success. Remembering that Perfect Dark is going to be a first-person spy title with an emphasis on physicality, which is going to be interesting to see how the developer of Tomb Raider meshes with the initiative. What's excellent about this partnership is that Daryl Gallagher is the studio head of the initiative, but he started at Crystal Dynamics more than a decade ago as the director of art. So there's a lot of teamwork and understanding between himself and the people still at Crystal Dynamics. And the decision to work together is an interesting one. While Perfect Dark has garnered a number of news items, even though their initial trailer sort of died after, the developer has attracted devs from Santa Monica Studios, Rockstar, Naughty Dog, and more. A superstar team doesn't promise success. It's still exciting to see Perfect Dark coming back in the news. Was it under a possible restart? And maybe that's why we got this announcement now after that trailer almost a year ago. Who knows? And speaking of who knows, many times none of us know what Nintendo's doing, but they had a very good Nintendo Direct recently. A lot of details dropped on various different games, including Metroid Dread. It's easy to miss, though, that some other titles that fit the platform perfectly shown off. The entire Shadowrun series of games, incredible RPGs in a Baldur's Gate Pillars of Eternity framework are actually coming to the Switch. They're set in a future where magic and tech combine. It's a bit like Cyberpunk, but Shadowrun is made by Harebrained and Jordan Wiseman 
who just so happens to be the inventor of a number of huge IPs, including Shadowrun itself as a pen and paper RPG in 1989. There probably isn't somebody better to be in charge of the Shadowrun IP. The idea of getting these on the Switch indicates maybe in the future we'll see another couple titles here, and they are very good games within that genre. Next up is KOTOR, Knights of the Old Republic, the original Xbox game. This is not the remake. This version is instead based on the original title with some Switch adjustments. While it's disappointing to not see improvements come to the game like we're going to see with the remake and the timing is a bit off because of all that, this title is still worth going through and a handheld version of it is awesome. And the expectations to see a full rebooted remaster is sort of out of the scope of the Switch itself as hardware. Trust me, the game is worth checking out. It's based on an altered role-playing skills and attributes system of tabletop role-playing games, and the game's combat was both real-time as well as a cached action system where you could load up moves to perform one after the other and pause pretty much at any time. While it's design, yes, it's age, the characters, the stories, the side quests, the exploration are incredible. There's a reason why this is my favorite game of all time. Jump into this game. Speaking of jumping in, stay tuned here. In this coming week, you're going to see a couple videos about upcoming October games. You're going to see a couple new previews, a couple remastered Walking the Walks, a new one, and some reviews, as always. Speaking of reviews, let's discuss the review roundup for a couple titles I was interested in and I didn't get a chance to actually experience myself. The first, Death Stranding Director's Cut. Those reviews are in. To no one's surprise, the game is basically Death Stranding with some bits added, and while it's not probably going to flip someone around to love the game, for those who enjoyed crossing that greenery of a post-apocalyptic world as a fetus delivery man, you can jump in with even more content and some smoothness to the rough edges that were originally there. Now, while Kojima stated that the original game he was 100% in charge of, so having a director's cut for a game like this, controlled by no one but him already, seems a little bit weird, even he has stated this is more of a bonus kind of game, versus is a director's cut. There wasn't just stuff sitting on the edges. But what we did get here in the director's cut are new mission areas, new equipment types, and some changes to the graphics, as well as I said, some improvements to the gameplay. And those improvements have resulted in an 86% on Metacritic, which is a little bit lower than what I think some people were expecting, but Metacritic is weighted and really should mean nothing to anyone who likes games at all. You should never be checking there. If you think Death Stranding is for you, you should just play this version. If the idea didn't grab you originally, this probably won't either, but it has some bug fixes, some smoothing out of those edges, and overall, it's basically Death Stranding with some patches and DLC. And again, if you want to jump into this, it does improve and change the world a bit. And another review and another game that is not going to change the world is Diablo 2 Resurrected. Those reviews hit in the last couple days, and this is a game that lets you view the past game's greatness as well as the current changes to the game and its graphics. There's a remastered CGI series of cutscenes that you get in the game, and you go through the majority of these reviews and you start to read them and you realize that a lot of people haven't actually covered the game very much. There's a lot of different outlets spamming their readers with a thousand links about Activision, which I get that is a problem, but looking for reviews on the game itself and trying to find a consensus there and understand what's actually going on with the game, I was able to discover that there's some complaints here. First, it is creaky. It's got a number of features that aren't really improved despite the developers adding quality of life changes for 2021 in this release. As it is, it's the base and that core excellence of Diablo. Just be aware that the ancient traditions of a game released prior to a good number of you guys 
listening or even maybe being alive means that something like a stamina bar just for running as well as a number of other features that are things that maybe a Path of Exile or other games have effectively shown the door to. There's some issues with servers as well to be sure. While Diablo 1 and 2 and the mystique there never actually really hit me, not because I didn't like it, but I just never noticed its presence amongst other games. The original release came and went, and there's a great deal of nostalgia and love for it because it was a solid title through and through. We get to this remaster here, new people get to jump into it, as well as people who want to revisit this new one with some updated graphics. But again, it's not necessarily bring it to the bank when it comes to a remaster. That doesn't mean you can't and shouldn't check this out. It just means you need to know what this game is doing and that like Diablo itself, the devil pretty much inside the details. And speaking of details, I always do game lists of upcoming games that I hope you'll be excited for, but I'm going to pick one just for each news section. And today's, it's going to be Alan Wake Remastered. Imagine Steven Seagal when he was skinny, and if he was a Stephen King fanatic, that's pretty much Alan Wake. Well, except Alan Wake can't fight. He's whisper-poeting himself across a dark wonderland of words that have created this warped reality around him, and he doesn't know what reality is versus what is his fantasy world he's making. Alan Wake is a third-person action suspense game, and the remake is coming from Remedy in October. I have some special coverage for it coming up as well. It is a third-person horror game based around the trappings of a TV show, episode by episode, and we get to dive into one of Remedy's classic titles, the remaster, coming in October. We haven't been able to really jump in and see exactly what improvements they do make. They have stated that older bits that necessarily don't really age have been removed. For example, we are hearing that things like the flashlights and the batteries, where they just basically ran out every 30 seconds, aren't going to be in the game or that mechanic will be adjusted. So it'll be exciting to see. There's some comparison trailers as well that you can look at and you can see the improvements there. Those improvements need to be locked into your brain as a remaster improvement and not a full remake. Because if you originally see them, you might be like, mm, it looks a bit upscaled and it certainly does. There's some changes here or there to the graphics. So we're going to have to see how this game ends up landing. But you guys know me, I'm a huge massive Alan Wake fan, and I get it, some people don't like it, but as a horror game that sets off in a slightly different tack than the Japanese-style games like Resident Evil, or even at times Alone in the Dark, this is a title that I gotta tell you, you should really check out. And speaking of checkouts, you guys know I always love to cover hardware, so the hardware section today is going to cover a little bit about the Steam Deck. It's arriving. Over 10 different developers have got the Steam Deck and talked about it and voiced their attempts at describing exactly how this game system that's a PC and a handheld device is actually working. They've got it in their hands and it's actually got incredible performance. Now, Valve also made sure to inform customers and developers alike that the Steam Deck that these developers were reporting on, it was identical in performance to those that the consumers would get. However, this did bring up the question, which of the Steam Decks were they talking about? Because the low-cost version of the Steam Deck is considerably slower than the rest when it comes to storage. Though with a custom AMD APU and such a small screen, I think the assumption would be that most people would expect that most modern titles would be able to hit at pretty good settings. It is always nice to hear that that performance is coming in very well. Steam Decks are launching at $399, $529, and $649 respectively, with the major changes being that storage. 
well, this hardware is going to be incredibly difficult to find. I can already tell scalpers are going to try to get a hold of it. So don't you break and go to eBay and end up late at night buying this. I'm telling you right now. I don't think this is going to go the way of the other Steam machines. This does seem like something that really will hit for that portable audience, especially when we already have people reporting that they're using Xbox streaming on it and stuff like that. Really a profoundly awesome system. People reporting that the hardware works well and it just feels good. In related news, though, and excellent news as well, BattleEye Anti-Cheat and Epic's Easy Anti-Cheat are both coming to the Steam Deck. Why does this matter? Well, for some games, they won't even start without those anti-cheats running. So to get those up and running on the Steam Deck is a huge step forward to making sure that those titles will be able to actually get onto that handheld. And any library that you have will be able to move on there with some transparency and you won't have any issues. I'm excited for this. The Steam Deck looks awesome. If that's what you're in the mood to get, it is powerful. It seems to be incredibly fast. We will have to, of course, wait six, seven, maybe eight months, maybe a year afterwards to see how the hardware sticks up. And if we have issues like stick drift, which is what we have in some other systems. But I, for one, am really excited for where this is going. A little bit of tech news for you. NVIDIA and ESO have partnered up to bring DLAA to ESO in the upcoming expansion and the patch that just came out. So DLAA is a new form of anti aliasing that uses information that DLSS uses normally, but instead of running from a lower resolution to get you more performance, DLAA is anti-aliasing that runs in conjunction with a normal resolution. And that trade-off with performance ends up improving the overall look compared to all other anti-aliasing competitors. Alex Tardoff, who works on ESO, has stated that not all games would be a good fit for DLAA, but they work closely with NVIDIA and to them, it makes complete sense. They also added DLSS in this patch, apparently. While it's not been fully explained, DLAA pretty much looks like that AI sampling system that would offer you temporal anti-aliasing and a better version of it than what we get currently, as well as all the runaround developers have to do to establish a clean final image if they even want to do that. This might also allow for gamers to choose that native res and anti-aliasing, take that bit of a hit and just have an overall better picture. Just like DLSS, the assumption to me is that the first version of this is most likely going to be a, a test of use concept and additional versions will improve it. Something we saw as a huge jump in DLSS. Regardless of this, anti-aliasing is very important in many ways. And sometimes we forget that many of the methods that are used currently just aren't that great or performant. If you guys aren't aware, sharpening systems are finally hitting VR as well, including cast image sharpening, which increases the actual sharpness of the game in VR and gives you more performance. Fantastic adjustments there. You can find it in various different places. You can read up on that. If you are doing VR and you want a little bit more performance without actually ending up getting a worse look to your games, that's one place that you'll want to check out. I hope you guys like these. I hope you guys like the news. If you got this far, I would love for you to subscribe, hit the thumbs up. Tell me what you think, what you don't like, what you do like. This week, like I said, previews, reviews, walking the walks. It's a ton of stuff continually from me. I'm going to be delivering as much content to you as humanly possible. And for that, all I ask is subscribe or maybe check out the Patreon. Peace out and enjoy your week.